In his book, Jesus and the Buddha, The Parallel Sayings, theologian Marcus Borg wrote, Jesus and the Buddha were teachers of a world subverting wisdom that undermined and challenged conventional ways of seeing and being in their time and in every time. Their subversive wisdom was also an alternative wisdom. They taught a way or path of transformation. Both were teachers of the way less traveled. The following parallels offer a taste of how similar these two teachings can be. Buddha said, Hatred does not ever cease in this world by hating, but by love. This is an eternal truth. Overcome anger by love. Overcome evil by good. Overcome the miser by giving. Overcome the liar by truth. Jesus said, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone should give you a blow with his hand, with a stick, or with a knife, you should abandon any desires and utter no evil words, the Buddha. Jesus said, If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Peace comes from within. Do not seek it without. Responding to a question from the Pharisees about when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said, The kingdom of God does not come from observation. The kingdom of God is found within you. Thank you, Bobby and Mandy. How many of you are surprised at such enlightenment attributed to Jesus? If I hadn't read the Bible, I might have easily assumed that these statements were penned by a Taoist or a Buddhist monk. There was a time when followers of both Buddha and Jesus might cringe at the suggestion that these two spiritual giants shared so much in common. But today we have come to see that there are many roads that lead to the same mountain, that lead to God. The last time I spoke, when Nicholas was away, I chose the topic of liminality. Liminal space is emptiness, nowhere. The ambiguity or the disorientation that occurs when we are neither here nor there. The liminal space where so many find themselves struggling with the question, where is God? I love delving into words. They're not part of my regular vocabulary. So today I have two more concepts that intrigue me. Syncretism and fusion. Perhaps these will offer a little bit more answer. Syncretism is defined by the dictionary as a synthesis, merging, or fusion of differing systems of belief. This is probably most evident to us in the areas of philosophy, religion, where teachings were blended, often with a new process taking a shape of its own. 
Fusion is the process of joining two or more things together. It's a pretty popular word right now. There's jazz fusion, which creates new sounds from funk, rock, rhythm, and blues. There's fusion TV, which offers a unique mix of smart and irreverent comedy and news. There's the fusion of virtual worlds and the real. And I know some of our yoga studios in town have yoga fusion. I haven't tried that yet. There's a basic urgency, I believe, in life to grow, to expand, to become new and renewed. We might almost say that the very meaning of being alive is to constantly be in the process of becoming a new creation. The fusion of ourselves into that which we wish to become. Well, some theorists of evolution point out that as the cosmos is one huge, dynamic, evolving system, so are we. Move fast and break things. Anybody know who said those words? Well, this is the advice and philosophy for the new world of Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. And he's not alone in his thinking. The world is moving fast. The technological and economic forces of the 21st century are causing us to relook at some of our most cherished ideals and institutions. Well, we have a head start technologically and informationally over all previous generations, but are, are we keeping up spiritually and emotionally? Are our souls keeping up? East is east and west is west, and never the twain shall meet. Remember those words penned by Rudyard Kipling more than a hundred years ago? Well, they'd unlikely be written today. In this 21st century, we are moving ever closer to a global culture. It's clear that the twain are meeting. God has not called us to a Western worldview or an Eastern worldview, but a desire to approach life in spirit with eyes wide open. When the collected wisdom of the world's great religious, spiritual, and wisdom traditions are revealed, we find a profound oneness. That is life's ultimate truth. Its ultimate treasure lies within. Well, on the surface, Buddhism and Christianity would appear to have very little in common. Jesus and Buddha were separated by 500 years, 3,000 miles, in two drastically different cultures. One is theistic, the other non-theistic, meaning that one acknowledges a godhead, the other is a philosophy for living. Yet the sayings of Jesus and Buddha, whose teachings and eternal truths gave rise to both the Christian religion and the Buddhist philosophy, are similar in many ways. I feel a great love for the Buddha, how he entered the suffering world. When I ponder that moment of his enlightenment, 
under the Bodhi tree, I, I feel a peace in my heart. I'm grateful to have Jesus as my brother, who also walked this earth, and who taught me how I might see God. I see his revolutionary spirit and relentless love as ways that I might strive to live my life. And in listening to the words of Bobby and Mandy, it's not surprising that there is speculation about how Buddha and Jesus might have somehow been linked. There are, to be sure, many remarkable similarities. Both espoused altruism, emphasizing that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Both said that love is the best way to overcome hatred. And both urge their followers not to judge others. So I think like a stained glass window through which holy light shines, the world needs as many prisms of wisdom and hope as it can find. Spiritual evolution advances by closer and closer alignment with our higher selves, by the fusion of the loftiest spiritual heights with our most mundane physicality. It means we can be ourselves, living a down-to-earth existence, and yet fulfill our transcendental goals. It means that there is nothing we are trying to escape other than the notion that we must escape something. We don't need to run away from this world to join a higher one. Instead, we need to fuse the two. We aren't in the business of making it to heaven. We need to be busy bringing heaven to us. The book of Genesis in the Bible records that on the sixth day, In the final act of creation, God said, let us make man in our image. Today, many of us do not believe in a divine spirit personified, just as many of us do not believe that the earth was created in seven days. Yet I believe scripture offers a wealth of opportunity for symbolic interpretation. My faith is guided, but doesn't require a literal acceptance of the words I read. But I am powerfully moved and directed by the concept that I am created in God's image, that we are all created in God's image. What does that mean? Well, each of us has our own ideas of what the fusion of God within might be. But perhaps the greatest debate concerning the concept of oneness of God within stems from the verse in the Bible which scholars, theologians, and everyday people heatedly discuss. When asked by disciples about the coming of the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom of God does not come with observation. The kingdom of God is found within us. This is fusion at its best. Today, these concepts are often translated into phrases such as God is the love within us, God is the peace within us, God is awareness within us, God is a unified presence inherently within all beings. 
God is source. Today it also becomes obvious that both Einstein and Buddha taught the same concepts of universal energy. While Einstein came from a scientific mind, Buddha worked through the energetic body, chakras. Jesus, Buddha, and Einstein offered insight into the synchrony, the fusion of the rational mind and the passionate heart. This is the synthesis which makes us truly human, I believe. Science and spirituality merging, paving the marriage of vision and action where spirit and the human unite. However, we know that the opposite of spiritual fusion also exists today, and this is disconnection. This is that liminal space that many experience. This is where many reside spiritually today. When we distance or disengage from one another, we cannot draw upon the spiritual resources of others. What is needed is neither spiritual independence nor spiritual dependence, rather spiritual interdependence, where each might offer and respect the beauty of all unique perspectives. So why then, if the church, dogma, traditional religion are a problem for many of us, why do we let them get in our way? God is so much more. Spirit is so much larger. When we have been wounded by the church, our temptation is to reject it. Sometimes then we simply presume our perception is the final word. And then we stop studying. We stop thinking. We give up on God. Not every church hurts people. Some choose not to abandon the place of their earlier religious teaching in their lives any more than they would abandon what they learned in a previous class in school in order to go on to the next class. Many many choose, rather, to stand on the shoulders of their earlier learning in order that they might see more. See more. Building and expanding on previous insight. Benjamin Franklin was quoted as saying, lighthouses are more helpful than churches. No, we don't need to go to church, but we do need to care about our soul and commit fully to the greatness of being human on this magnificent earth. Approaching life with eyes wide open, welcoming wisdom wherever it is found. Someone once said, not worshiping Jesus but worshiping what Jesus worshipped. Not worshipping Moses or Buddha or Latsu, but cherishing and worshipping what they cherished, what they worshipped. This is to come closer to the true God. Whatever is eternal and universal is the way. We do not try to distill down to a common understanding 
or unite in a single definition, but rather celebrate all that humans might be with all that God is and was and is to come. The divine is not a separate or a distant thing. The divine is the essential nature of all that exists and is closer to us than our own breath. Blaise Pascal, the French mathematician, physicist, religious philosopher of the 16th century, offered these words. We know the truth not only by the reason, but also by the heart. In faith there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. If a purpose of religion is to find divine love, why all the drama? There's no reason to conform to just one loving modality. Each of us is different, and we all have a unique way of understanding and expressing who we are in spirit. Each a unique song of existence, the one by which our innermost being was created and is defined. We may not all be believers, but I think we can say we are all belovers. Belovers, all seeking in our passion to know truth. Where learning is a kind of love, and love is a kind of learning. <laughs>